Our next guest on TSB is Clara Rosso, certified in cybersecurity. She has more than two decades of experience helping global professional organisations and certifying bodies grow and strengthen member value. As the CEO of ISC Squared, she has established a forward-thinking strategic framework, I love that title, and set bold goals for the future of the cybersecurity profession and industry. She joins us via Zoom. Clara, thank, for, thank you very much for your time this afternoon. Thank you. It's wonderful to be here. I appreciate it. It's great to see you uh, in Dubai. You were mentioning just off air that it is your, your first time here and you've been a part of the JISEC Dubai conference, which is uh, getting into its final day today. How have you found the conference so far and, and why do you think something like this is so suited to Dubai? Oh, so it is a fantastic industry conference. And what I love about it is I love there's that public-private partnership aspect happening throughout where you see the wonderful things the government's doing, but you also see some of the cutting-edge technology and practices from private industry and so much conversation. It's also just frankly an international hub. It's not a regional event. It's truly an international global event where you see leaders in cybersecurity from all over the globe coming together to share best practices and look at a path forward for our collective defense and how we create a more safe and secure cyber world. Because one of the great things about Dubai is that forward thinking. We've spoken to a lot of people from government departments, for example, electricity and water, which is called Diwa here in Dubai. And they were saying how, you know, they're incorporating chat GPT and they're incorporating the metaverse. They're calling it the Diwa-verse where you can do business. But obviously with that forward thinking also comes the opportunity, well, we need to be secure whilst we enter into that space and have the right cybersecurity protocols. And I think that's where someone in your position comes in that with that vision also goes hand in hand, uh, the security vision for the next next few years. Yes, I appreciate that. And we actually signed an MOU with the UAE Cybersecurity Center yesterday because we share those same goals of the safe and secure cyber world. And so we signed an MOU to help support the great work that the UAE CSC is doing in the development of its capacity building program. Um, and we'll assist with supporting certification mapping to international standards and help promote through education and adoption of certification for best practices. In fact, one of the most forward thinking uh, sessions that I attended, although I love the metaverse conversations, <laughs> was really about this idea as there is a proliferation of regulation in cybersecurity around the globe is the thought behind we need to create a uniform um, or a harmonized set of standards across the globe when we think about both standards of practice for cybersecurity and how we think about of evaluating the expertise of cybersecurity professionals. And that was fantastic to see that conversation being had here as opposed to the desire to be terminally unique because really cyber issues have no boundaries. Well, on that partnership that you mentioned there at the start, so you, that was announced, that MOU at JISEC, that you're doing the partnership with the UAE government to strengthen uh, the UAE cybersecurity workforce. When it comes down to having those international standards of security, who sets those? Who is the regulator internationally to make sure uh, that each country and each government has the, the same standard of security? Wow. So now that That's is the, the million question. dollar question. Right. That is the million dollar question. And I think 
what I hear, no matter where I go in the globe, what you sort of hear over and over is we have standards through ISO, but we also arguably have a very thoroughly robust set of standards through NIST from the United States. And that between the two really cover almost every area that you would want to have a standard in cybersecurity. And then the key would be if you believe in the fact that we should have global harmonization, which again, cybersecurity practitioners, as is evident from JISEC, they cross borders with their work. Um, then if you need to have additional standards or certification practices related to geographic regions or nation states, have that as well. But that should be, not be super complicated or complex. It should be just the little addition on top. What do I know that's special just to the UAE? What do I need to know that's just special to Dubai or Singapore or the United Kingdom. I find that to be an impossible question because every country has different standards and different platforms and, and different needs. I, I, I mean, I, I think but I'm old enough to think about how uh, when the internet was first being developed, I, I think it was Bill Clinton that didn't want to put a tax on the internet for different content creators. And the rest of the world was like, oh, okay, well, if America's doing it, then we have to follow. Uh, is there one country or one standard that if they set an agenda now, the rest will have to fall into line? Or, or is it a far more open market? I think it's a far more open market because we see great things happening. We do. So NIST is a great, set some fantastic standards, very comprehensive out of the US. But there's some good things going on in the EU in terms of their Cyber Resiliency Act. There's some new things that they announced here at JISEC about um, the certification of penetration testers and incident responders. In here in the UAE. So we see pockets that are like really best practices all around the globe. And here's the good news, because I don't think it's an impossible feat. Cybersecurity is barely 30 years old. So really a relatively new profession. And so the standard setting process is not that much in stone. And I think we can learn from other professions who have been at it for setting standards for years and years, like the profession I used to work with, accounting, where for a hundred years, every nation state had its own accounting standards. And then all of a sudden, as the global borders started to become more fluid, said, wait, we need to have an international set of standards by which we talk about finances so that globally businesses can understand each other. And the good news is we're not going to have to wait 100 years to do it. We can do it over the next two to three years. I, I think you, you might have glossed over a really important point for, for many people who get frustrated with just on a, I mean, we're talking about high-end government cybersecurity, but for the, the the average person that's got some a couple of internet bank accounts and does some work and they get confused about remembering passwords and face IDs and one-time passwords and all these sort of things, it, it, we do need to take a step back and realise, yes, these things are only 30 years old. So it's in its infancy. And, and I find this when I, I go back home to Australia and talk with my parents, I say to them, get a phone with a face ID because then you might not have to remember your passwords. There are technology is catching up in terms of security to make it easier for everyone. Yeah. So I think there's a couple of things. So first of all, 
I'm talking about standards that we set for cybersecurity services providers, standards right. we set for cybersecurity professionals. And then there's also a view that you need to set standards for technology devices. And that technology device, those technology device standards are really critical when you think about the whole ecosystem of people who are vulnerable to cyber threats, which are your parents, your children, and everyone in between, and small business owners. 95% of businesses with 100 or fewer employees have no information system security professionals at all. So we also need to look at how are we protecting them? How do we maybe long-term raise everybody's cyber literacy, but how in the short-term do there have to be standards for the developers of technology that require them to think about security at the outside set of their technology development and not as an afterthought? And we've started to see, and there's some work being done that both the UAE and Singapore agree on in that space where they're actually doing some work to rate devices on their, give them security ratings. And what I hear is that it's both driving the technology company's behavior and it's making consumers think about which of these products do I want to buy? And I probably should buy the one that's the most secure. So but a lot of work to do. Yes. Yeah, a so, lot of work to do. So so does that mean that one of the biggest challenges that you face in cybersecurity is getting through to the mindset with a lot of individuals and small business owners that hacking won't happen to them? That's a huge concern. That's a huge concern. So one of the biggest issues we face is a massive workforce gap. Just to fill unfilled demand in cybersecurity, you have to increase the workforce by 74%. But if you layer on top of that, all the businesses that don't even realize they have unfilled needs in information system security, that's enormous because it is not if you are gonna have a cyber incident, it is when are you gonna have a cyber incident and what kind of damage it, will it do? Because for small businesses, it's far more likely to do damage that puts them out of business than it is for a very large enterprise where a multi-million dollar cyber incident is you know, not desirable, but they life goes on for their business. A multi-million dollar event for a $10 million company can put them out of business. And, and so that's a huge concern. And obviously those small businesses don't create a huge lot of media interest uh, that then is able to be in the, uh, I, I guess, the minds of most people. Uh, we are pushed for time. So, Clau, I, I do want to touch on uh, the idea which you're very passionate about, about women in cybersecurity. What are the strategies to help support women and retain women who want to work in the industry? All right. So first, I want to tell you some good news. Great. So in the in the UAE, we estimate that 26% of the cyber workforce is female. And that actually exceeds all of Europe. And it especially exceeds the United Kingdom, where it's only 16%, even exceeds the United States, where it's 25%. So something right is happening here. And from what I've learned being at JISEC is that they're 70 plus percent of university students in STEM are women. So we love seeing that that's important. Here's the thing. We have seen women over the past few years move into cybersecurity, but we've also seen them leave. So what we need to look at to retain women in cybersecurity is thinking about 
Are we paying them the same as their male peers? Are we providing the same advancement opportunities? Am I helping them understand their professional pathway that makes them want to stay in the profession? Am I providing mentors and even informally mentors who can help them with questions they have and move forward with their career goals? And if I back up just for a second and talk about the recruiting side of it, one of the most important things we found through research is that cybersecurity professionals who are successful share similar non-technical strengths, skill strengths, and also mindset. So they tend to be problem solvers, analytical thinkers, critical thinkers, creative, good communicators, um, works well alone, works well in a team, good project managers. We are finding that if employers are willing to hire for those non-technical skill sets, they can then train for the technical. And if I have 30 more seconds, I can tell you one tool we have to help employers with that. Go for it. All right. So what we did to help employers have the confidence that somebody is going to be able to learn the technicals, we actually working with industry created a certification called Certified in Cybersecurity. And it is a no experience certification that covers all the basic foundations of cybersecurity. And we're giving away a million globally for free, both the education and the cost of sitting for the exam. And that is helping people from diverse backgrounds come into the profession and take the leap into cybersecurity. So, so it sounds like the gap there is for people that have those softer skills um, uh, to, to therefore come into those industries. Because you, you speak about the Harvard, um, Harvard uh, Business School, they talk about in, in many jobs, it's only five or 10% skill. The other sort of 80, 90% is your personality and your mindset and your willingness to learn and your willingness to work and all those soft skills. So do you think perhaps that's why, and, and dare I say, a lot of women may have those traits and that's why they're gonna be really suited to, to working in cybersecurity? I think absolutely. I don't like to call them soft skills. I like to call them technical, non-technical skills. Non-technical skills, skills? I think okay. Absolutely. I, I, I absolutely, that's what makes good leaders and problem solvers. And we need problem solvers because we face complex problems in the cybersecurity threat landscape. So we need every different thinker we can find at the table to help us solve the problems we face. Well, Claire, you, you filled me with positivity and hope about the cybersecurity industry uh, going forward. Congratulations on your success. Congratulations on, on signing that MOU with the UAE government to strengthen uh, the cybersecurity workforce. And, and just quickly, what, why do you think that there is such a high percentage of women in cybersecurity in the UAE compared to Western nations? It has to be something that the government's doing here and that the education system is doing to encourage women. And I will tell you, now that I know this, I am determined to find out more so that we can share the best practices around the world, which is something great. The organization like ours that's global with 350,000 members and candidates around the globe, we find these best practices and then we go and take them elsewhere and share them. Well, Claire, congratulations on your success. And hopefully this is not the last time we see you here in Dubai. All right. I hope so too. All right. Take care. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for listening to another TSB TalkSport business podcast. And don't forget, if you want to hear the full show, we're live every weekday from 3 to 7 p.m. across the UAE on Talk 100.3. Or you can listen to us via the Big Fan TV app.